This message is brought to you by WWE Hall of Famer, Ron Simmons. You're listening to TRSS Sportscast. And if you're not, I got one word for you. Damn! Hello. My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. This is Lou E. Coyote, and you're listening to the regular season sportscast. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Wrestling fans, what's going on? This is Just, and you're listening to the regular season sportscast. Welcome to Nua, 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 Raw is the regular season sportscast. <laughs> I gotta honestly say that I finally, finally found an apartment. I'm fucking out of this place. Thank God. Oh, you don't even understand the drudgery it was to have to go deal with this shit on a constant basis. You know, like I said, having to be displaced over just ridiculous. You know, if you know how to organize and structure your shit, it'd be it would be much easier in life to go and have a sense of accomplishment and know yourself worth when you're able to put together something and 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 satisfy those who are around you. And I figured that this would be something that my landlady would have been able to do due to the situation at hand, but apparently not. So now I um and I now have to move. I went from a an affordable three bedroom to now a slightly more expensive two bedroom. Oh, going from one that was very spacious and comfortable to one that might be a little bit tighter than usual. But you know what? As always, we'll make this shit work. I'll make this shit work. I'll find. I'm already kicking up ideas of what I could do. Thinking about you know making because this one is like a two and a half bedroom, almost three bedrooms. So I'm trying to possibly gonna make one of the rooms into like a little uh i'm just gonna put my bed in one part of the room and then the other room is gonna be like the rumpus room i'm gonna have the studio in there the games and shit like just to hang out and chill or whatever and that's where i'll be spending i'll spend most of my time you know with my child and you know whoever comes to hang out and shit but yeah man it's just fucking corny shit and this is so ridiculous it it frustrates me but you know what you know what god god well if if i was a religious person i would say god but you know if you are religious then you would say this you know god puts you in predicaments that you can handle and you know they put he puts people he or she puts people in your life for a reason and shout out to my realtor who i met last minute come to find out she was actually from my old hood and bonded easily, bonded quickly, and I was able to get this apartment with no hassles. I was I bounced from seeing about seven, eight, nine apartments during the last month and couldn't even get a scratch on getting one. And I met her, and I got the first one that was offered. And this is real. It was really, really, really fortuitous that this word. Yeah, you could look up that word if you want. I, I like using it. 
fortuitous. It makes me sound like a like fourteen hundred GED score person, whatever. But yeah, it's it it was it was meant to be for me to to link up with this woman. So shout out to her. She used to help us out and get us to the apartment. So by uh, uh, next weekend, we're moving out. We're gonna do one more episode of uh Termical Tabloid, Call Me When It's Over and uh the regular season sports got CRSS here and then the following week we'll be in the new pad in the new place. Hopefully everything is up and running. Welcome everybody to another episode of the regular season sportscast. I am your host, Jay the Red Santi, here to bring to you another week of sports foolishness, but debrockery and all out just nonsense. Be sure you check us out on all social media outlets. Check us out on Facebook on the group and like page. Regular season sportscast. Check us out on the Instagram at Regular Season Sports. Check us out on Twitter at RWJ Santi, as well as on YouTube, the Regular Season Sportscast. And if you want, it'd be nice. Just you know, you can add me on uh, my regular Facebook page at J Santi. Just get me at J Santi, and make sure you check us out at RageWorks.net. RageWorks.net is where everything culminates. Everything is under one umbrella. You get. Call me when it's over. You get TRSS, Tom Burke Tabloid, Black is the New Black, the Varying Issues, and tons and tons of articles, content uh, that range from movies, TV shows, wrestling, sports, pop culture, whatever fills your daily needs. So rather than bouncing from website to website, we have everything under your umbrella. Rageworks.net, Rageworks.net, the net that's raging with the works. Cling. So this past week, uh, it's funny because I've been dealing with the whole uh, apartment thing and just the stress that I was dealing with. Oh, and finally, oh man! Although I had to double down and uh, had to pay an extra deposit because of uh, Super Engineer AJ, you had to hear the bonehead move that I did. Because it wasn't kind of bonehead; it was just one of those things that I didn't know. I thought I had I, I told the realtor that I needed a pet friendly place, and when we found this apartment. Uh, we were looking around and I'm looking and I said, you know, I can make this work. You know, I can do some things here. I can put my mother this side here. Sally and I will be over here. You know, there's just a spot. We'll, we'll make it work. And uh, finally I asked her, I said, um, is it pet friendly? And she's like, well, no, we usually aren't. But if you do have a pet, you're going to have to put another deposit down for him. And I'm like, all right, fuck it, you know, it's my nigga, I gotta do it, it's my dogs, my man's in them, I gotta do that, right, so I, um, I get in the car with the realtor, and she says, uh, why didn't you tell me you had a dog, and I was like, I, I thought I did, I, you know, with all this running around, I wasn't quite sure if I did tell you, she says, you wouldn't even have to pay the deposit, that landlord is never around, she never comes around, you're paying you're gonna be paying a p.o box for rent that's basically where you're gonna the only contact you're gonna have with her you could have had the dog there and not have to put the deposit down and i'm like Ugh. but you know what it's better that way i guess it's because i you know if you know it would have been something that we came over and she she she'd have popped over and he'd have been there and it'd have been uh breaking of the lease and I, I didn't want any problems or no headache so you know what granted it's 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 whatever it's fine it's fine damn i should, damn, I should look forward into that shit but in any case 
just 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 happy to find out that you know we'll be able to move in a week i get the keys and in, in a day or two and i could just get the ball rolling and finally be out of that place man oh out of this place you know i loved being here it was a great find for us but when you know you don't you're not wanted it's time to uh Literally pack your bags, get the fuck out. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. And speaking of bags, this week I did something interesting, something I have never done before. Uh, this week I went and I bought condoms. Oh my. Yeah. Um, it's a funny story because it's not like I go raw. I'm, I'm fucking raw back all the time. I'm not a, I'm not that kind, kind of dude. I um, What happened is, is that through my years, I've, I've pretty much were was had access to condoms. Like they were just basically given to me at at, at well, any time. My aunt worked in a hospital in which I work at now for x amount of years, and through my teenage years, she's always given me cartons of condoms. So. Not to say that I went through them all the time, but, you know, because I, I was not that sexually active, I would like to think that I was, but, well, there was that, there was a few years where I was on a rip and tear, but nothing to brag about, but, um, oh, no. so I, I, um, I always had access to them for free, you know, sometimes friends would even come over and they would take my condoms and you know i would give them away or whatever because i've always had them around then you know you get in a relationship a relationship there and and you know you don't wear them and then when you go back and then once again i had access to condoms because they were always there then uh i was you know in the 10-year relationship which i didn't use condoms if if i did then i wouldn't be a proud father super producer selly but I, I was you would think 10 years you would think you would have more kids but no no I, I think I'm very controlled when it came to my um love making if that's what it is well, yeah I would yeah I would have to say love making uh I'm very superhero like in in that kind of I'm, I'm Batman I'm very um mysterious when it comes to how I uh I don't want to divulge anymore. Anyway, so um and then recently like I had a sexual encounter which you guys heard about. I basically told you guys and I was able to get one because I did a, a flyby at my hospital. There's you know, at the emergency room they have, you know, condoms and I went and I spoke to somebody I knew and I was like, Yo, give me up with a, a packet and I got one and boom, it was done. So this time around, I've been um I've been speaking to someone and we're getting hot and heavy and it's actually getting possibly serious i'm not i'm not it's, it's, you know you get in that weird stage you're not sure whether or not how things are progressing so you um you front like you don't like each other but then you really do you're really getting to each other so you like trying to touch base because you don't want to make it seem like you're real emotional or sensitive so you just like you cavalier and nonchalant and it's funny because you think guys just are the only ones to do that but females do it as well and then you know they get very um distant especially like depending on their history with with the opposite sex and 
it's it's cool these days because now you you're dealing with somebody who you know understands where you know where where you've come from and you're taking time you're slow everything's going slow it's a slow process you know it's, it's like a it's like when you when you're preparing a delicious meat the slow cook the the better it will be so this is i'm such a fat ass but yeah that's just basically the the premise of what i'm going with and um we got you know whenever we we've been with each other we've been a little steamy you know whenever we we've connected our souls were bonding and looking for each other and finally coming as one let's just say there's been a lot of dry humping pretty much let's just say that i, I didn't want to i don't want to sugarcoat it but yeah it's been a lot of dry humping so um with that i'm gonna find out that you never know that it might pop off didn't have condoms and i didn't have any so i i had to go and i went to the local drugstore and i feel like i'm like talking about like i was gonna buy like a a, a malt from the from the drugstore i was gonna get like a a, a a milkshake or something like back in the 50s and shit so i went to the, to the drugstore and i bought condoms and i realized that these fuckers are pretty expensive like really it's weird a three-pack is like fucking seven dollars it's like shit i'm about to fucking take this off and wash it all and use it again this is this is crazy turn that motherfucker inside out shit like this is wow 10 pack is almost like 20 bucks like shit now i know how lane felt when in the seinfeld episode when you know you gotta find out somebody's sponge worthy he's like you gotta find out somebody's rubber worthy this is fucking ridiculous and, and, and it, it was it was it was weird to like even have to go shopping for this thing. Now I'm not like embarrassed by it. I don't give a fuck. I go into the counter, but it made me think like maybe you should go up to the counter and like buy something else to throw off the fact that you're buying condoms. So if, for example, it would be you know buy uh, condoms and then a cheese grater, or buy the condoms with a flathead screwdriver. Oh, someone, 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 uh, someone said buy, uh, buy condoms and a, 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 um, a handy jet fucking hand vac, like a fucking, uh, 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 black and deck, a sweeper or whatever. Cause the cashier is going to really think you're into some really freaky shit. They're going to think it's some weird shit. If you buy some shit like that, it's like, what the kind of fucking party you're throwing? Just, um, just ring it up, man. Just, just ring it up. The same could be said if uh, Josie's boy made a comment where he says like, "Yeah, people won't really know, won't even make a mention of it if you're walking up there with fucking con with fucking Magnum condoms." I said, "Shit, you go up there. I go up there with Magnum condoms. I'm making sure I'm up there, y'all. We need a price check on these Magnums. I want a, this gold right here. I want a price check. Excuse me, ladies. Can, can you get a price check on these Magnums? I think they uh." they charge by the inch so you know these are these are you know magnums so you gotta get a price check on these yes lady yes 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 woman these are for me i'm not buying them for anybody else these are mine so yeah so you 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 really want to be braggadocious about that but even then you still want to buy something else with that like you'll get magnums and like a bushel of bananas and just like fuck around and be like what the fuck is this person with this just ring them up. Just ring them up. So we got a lot coming down this week. <laughs> I, was, 
I, I, I work. I, I do a sports show. I don't know where the fuck I come up with this shit. Got a got a lot coming down this week. Uh, we have an interview with uh, Matthew Koplowitz. He is the director, filmographer of Girl Fight. It's a, it's, it's a really, really good documentary. You guys got to check that out. They have it on Amazon as well as on Fight TV. Check that out. Uh, Matthew Koplowitz will be in a studio. Keith and I did a nice little, uh, nice little uh, discussion with him about what the in and outs of Girl Fight, which is about a uh, female Muay Thai dojo who are competitive in the Eastern Seaboard. So take a listen to that. Also, we have Keith's Acquired Taste. He had a very spiritual and uh, holistic experience when it came to soccer uh, this past week. Uh, it, it was, it was for him. It was life affirming, I guess. I'm st- I'm still working on getting to that lane of um, soccer. I, like I said, I go, I'm gonna have to play the video games. It's gonna, probably gonna be something that'll draw me in if I do that. Also, um, on tap, I have talking sports and shit. Big rundowns there. NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs. You got a lot of moves in an NBA. When it comes to um, certain presidents of a certain team going bye-bye, we also have uh, certain moves in the NFL, player signing. Also, I had draft coverage, but due to scheduling constraints, uh, Keith wouldn't be able to finish up his mock draft as well as the results of the draft. That'll be for next episode. Uh, Sorry, guys. Make sure you check us out for that one. Also, uh, big purchase in Miami. I'm going to talk about that as well. And tons and tons and tons of stuff more. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back. Got more. Got more stuff here, man. TRSS. We're the place where we talk sex and sports. Don't go anywhere. Why, look at what we have here, folks. TRSS Bits and Pieces. Ah, after a full meal. I sure love to enjoy a lovely tasting of some desserts. What I love on my plate is something that's sweet and so fulfilling. Something that can just make me say, mm-hmm. thank goodness I had a good palate of sweet desserts. But sometimes I also have a hankering for something more deeper. So are you a fan of sinful and lustful desserts? Are you a person who enjoys sweets that can carry over into the bedroom? Well, we are the bakery for you. Check us out. We are Pillsbury Girls. Yes, we are the dessert of sinful, delightful, and Plentiful for those who have a hankering for that next level of all sweet goodness. Pillsbury Dough Girls can provide you with all the sexual and sweet and tarty needs that you need to continue with your edible delights. You can check out our desserts as well as our videos to help collectively bring you to a festive orgasmic pleasure 
take a listen to some of our satisfied customers. Yo, let me tell you, man. I, I, I was one of these guys that I had to feel my, 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 my drive and desire to eat. But at the end, I had a really hard erection after I ate. I didn't know what to do. I... I tried to figure it out how to finish it. Sometimes I would dry hump an apple pie. I saw it in the movie and I said, why not try it? But then I came across Pillsbury Doughgirls. I said, this shit sounds freaky, but also delicious. I oh my. To, I wanted to give it a try and I said, why not? Pillsbury Doughgirls, they're so It will bring you to orgasmic pleasure. Here's another happy customer who ordered himself some sexual desserts. So yeah, right. I, I was I was going through the aisle of, of deliciousness in, in in the supermarket, right? So then I I, I walked past the intimates and I. Well, I got kind of, I got kind of hard when I saw the instruments because I just love me a pound cake. And they call it pound cake for a reason because if you want to, uh, all right, I want to go too deep in it. But in any case, but I walked past the instruments out and I was looking at the Pillsbury's and I said, let me go and check out where the the, 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 the cookies could be. But then I saw Pillsbury Dough Girls and I said, ooh, this could be interesting. She was old. White and her dough was so full. And I, let's just say that I, I wanted to go back to seconds. It is so good. Pillsbury Dough Girls will keep you satisfied and continue. And it's also fat free. Be sure you check us out in the delicious. Aisles of your supermarkets. Also, be sure to check our videos out on X Video, Tubeate, as well as on Tasty Eats, Tasty Treats, and BuzzFeed. Pillsbury Doing Girls. When you poke it, she says. <laughs> Oh my. This product is brought to you by the regular season sportscast. This week's rant. This week's rant, I go into the ESPN.com article in which discusses uh, Joe Thomas, a 11-year vet with the Cleveland Browns who discusses his inner and outer workings of playing the game and also having to deal with memory loss. In the article, he discusses how uh, in certain aspects of his life, and I'm paraphrasing, he tends to forget certain things, such as when he goes to the store, he forgets what he's what he's looking for, uh, what is he shopping for, and he also discusses on 
the risks that are involved when playing football. I had a discussion about this a few episodes ago about, you know, the, the whole idea of people putting blame on the game on uh, uh, on its 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 savagery and the, the brutality of the game and such but joe thomas has he makes it clear in the article and says that this is something that he wanted to do he knew the risk when going into it he knew that there was going to be some kind of injuries and possible damage to the body and of course, you're you're playing a game in which you're moving at high speeds and you know that at any moment you could be taken out. It could be for a game, it could be a few games, it could be the season, and it could be your career. These are the risks that are involved. The same risk could be said about a person who's a police officer, a, a, a firefighter. A construction worker who works in high rises. Hell, myself, I work in a field in which that at any moment I could be injured. And I know this. But these are the risks that you take because of your career. And when it comes to football players, this is something that they know real and true and is going to occur. Same with professional wrestlers. They know that there's going to be an injury that occurs, and this is part of their career. And people tend to forget that no one puts a gun to their head. They choose to play the game. Nobody says to them, you have to play this or else. You choose to play this sport. Joe Thomas makes it clear in the article that this is a this was a decision he made and this is the way that he was going to provide for his family. So far he's had a long-standing career. He's, he has yet to be um critically injured. He has his nicks and bruises, but the memory loss, he says it's short term, but he knows that in the future these this this could be a a long-lasting long-term effect. It's funny because even I, at my age, I've not been playing any high-velocity sports or anything like that in years. But, you know, I still, I, I myself have, like, you know, a, law, a train of thought that's lost or something because I, you know, I don't remember where I put my keys. Hell, I'm still looking for uh, an article for my job that I need, you know, an important piece of, uh, of, of, of apparel that I need, and I still can't find it. I don't know where it's at. But... But football players, it's like you know the risk that occurs when you're doing this. And I always put to, I always put, pose this to a question to many people. Would you like to be living the life that you lead now? And who knows what kind of riches you will make from here on? Or even being in a, in a job in which that you're not happy with, but yet you're still doing and you and but you'll have a longer life or would you like to be a part of a career in which you're making millions upon millions of dollars but yet your lifespan is going to be diminished by maybe 10 years so rather than living to 85 you're living to 75 rather living to 90 you're living to 80 but your family is going to be comfortable you're going to be able to to provide and have a long-standing uh, uh financial support you got to think about that. And a lot of people need to put into consideration that these are the choices that these individuals make. 
I commend them for it. And it's unfortunate that this is part of life, but this is what this is what it is that happens. Joe Thomas even states that although he knew the risk, he's also hoping that medical and science will progress in which that once his once his time in football is over, they will be able to help him with any injuries or any uh, dysfunctions that occur after the game. And that's what you can only hope for because science is progressing. Medicine is progressing. And these are the times in which that we need to support that and support Joe Thomas and his choice for providing and doing something that he loves as a career because we all could be also fortunate to do that. When we come back, we have our interview with Matthew Kaplowitz. I'm a guy who murders names. I'm, I'm really trying to stick it to this one. Matthew Kaplowitz, the writer, director, filmographer of Girl Fight. Make sure you check them out at Fight TV as well as Amazon TV, uh, Amazon Prime. You guys can check out that documentary there. Also got Keeps a Quiet Taste as well as Talking Sports and Shit. Don't go anywhere. Stick around. We got tons, tons more to come to you with. Check you guys in a sec. This is Matthew Kaplowitz, director and producer of the documentary Girl Fight, a Muay Thai story, and you're listening to TRSS. TRSS, the interview. When I, when I first heard that you were doing this, you know, I, of course, we were connected by Rich from, from My Take Radio and RageWorks.net. When I first heard that you, you were doing this, I was kind of like on the fence because I wasn't sure that a lot of people would be into the whole atmosphere of, of girls, women in Muay Thai. Um, what was it that drew you to, to putting this together? Like, what was the, the, the first mindset of you doing this? Man, I think you, you said it in, in the most polite way you possibly can, or that I've heard someone say it. I, I had those same kind of concerns of, are people going to want to watch women kickboxing? Are they going to want to watch women doing this kind of violent thing in the ring? That's kind of one of the points we want to address in this film, is you know, there's women out there that are doing this, that are doing this at the amateur level, at the professional level, and that it's okay and normal, and it's absolutely good for them to be doing this kind of thing. You know, If somebody wants to kickbox in the ring, they should be able to do it. Um, so that was definitely part of, I think, just what drew me to it, is being able to just, you know, as a fan of combat sports for you know a long, long, long time, uh, you know, I've always been interested in seeing everybody compete, no matter who they are. Uh, and so I feel like at the time it was kind of right. You know, it's, at the time we started filming, Ronda Rousey was at the height of popularity. It was kind of just like the perfect storm of things to happen that just led us into having this thing work out the way it did. Uh, you know, it, it originally wasn't meant to be a full-on documentary. It kind of just turned out that way, um, and that's. That's kind of the way it is. It was just uh, an organic thing, a perfect storm of good timing, and that's where we are today. Yeah, my co-host, my, my co-host is like he, he he has the same thought process of like, hey, what's going on, man? Yeah, he, uh, he this has is that Keith. Uh, yeah, I, I actually, you know, before we gave you a ring, we we were, you know, I've always been a fan of MMA, but I I have a I don't know what it is. I I have a difficulty watching women fight, and I watch it in the UFC and. 
you know, I don't know. It's something about it. I think it's awesome that they do it, but I don't know. I, I'm still not used to it. And I'm a 28-year-old man, and I, I find it a little bit, a bit uncomfortable because I've always looked at women as these beautiful creatures. And then just to see them beat each other up. And then as I watched the documentary, I was like, wow, they're over here falling. They're over here. They're, you know, they're, they're going full, full force. And I'm just like, and they're young. And it's just like, I, you know, how does that translate to someone like me so I can adapt to that? Because, you know, it's I was actually very, very, very into it when they were actually in competition. And I was like, wow, this is like really, really, really deep because you can see how far it runs with these women. Yeah, I'm glad you said that, and, and I'm actually glad that you kind of had a reaction at first where you're kind of, I guess, unsure about, you know, women's MMA, women's kickboxing, because that's something I, I had to address very early on in the production of making this was, how am I going to get this out there to the people that don't like watching women fight? Because, again, like, fight fans are going to more than likely want to watch this movie because it's about fighting, it's about kickboxing, it's combat sports, they'll be attracted to it more or less, you know, unless they're really opposed to women doing it, but how do I reach the audience of the people that are going to want to watch a good film, that are going to just want to watch a documentary, that have probably never, ever watched a fight in their lives? And uh, honestly, that's who came out to a lot of these film festivals, was women uh, of all ages, and especially a lot of older women, who have never watched a single fight ever, have never had any interest in watching it. Uh, and so a big challenge for me was finding a way to make it watchable and also enjoyable. Um, so, I mean, uh, I guess, you, you know, you said you, got, you were watching it, you got invested. I think part of that was because I kept the fights very... Uh, concise and impactful. I got to the point I didn't let things linger. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to linger on the violence of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a violent sport, obviously, but there was no reason for me to, you know, have a very long fight scene. It's just kind of like, let's show the fight, let's show right. the elements of it that lead to the drama, and then let's get out of there and keep moving with the actual narrative. So, um, you know, I've had, I've had so many people who actually, like I said, who have been to this and watched it, and sitting behind them in the audience, yeah, you know, the first half hour, during the first fight, they're all like, eh, they're not so into it, they're kind of questioning it. And then as soon as that first kind of pivotal moment happens where we get into the actual meat of things that involves the fights and we get into the real emotional content, then they got invested. And by the time that they walked out of the theater, they were basically like shadow boxing during mm. like the final fight sequence. It's pretty crazy. The, well, one of the many things that Keith and I uh, agreed upon when we were watching this is the cinematography told an epic tale that was one thing that we, we both said is there you know right. Keith even mentioned he said that he was hoping that one day you would shoot his documentary of his life <laughs> he said, oh, let's, let's make it happen yeah man awesome <laughs> you know you you had it, it seemed as though you had a keen eye for not only for the inner the inner uh, actions of the ring but you also had a way of of bringing together the whole story for from the, the, the Girl Fight crew and everything. How long have you been doing uh, uh, filmmaking? How, how long has this been going on? I mean, it's, it's a good question. It's tough for me to really gauge that. I mean, I, I kind of first started doing videography, filmmaking stuff when I first started my website, which is now defunct, but it was thefightnerd.com. And that was like early 2009. And that's basically like, the whole point of my website was I wanted to make original, unique video content all the time about mixed martial arts stuff. Because uh, at the time, there wasn't really that much of it on YouTube. Uh, it was very very little of it. So I was trying to kind of fill that void. And in doing so, I had to learn how to make all this stuff. Like, I had been a fan of, like, the angry video game nerd and those kinds of, like, web shows. And I kind of wanted to do my own little spin of that with the MMA world. I felt it kind of somehow tied together. Don't ask me how it did in my head, but for me, it did. So uh, from there, I just kind of started making videos, um, putting things together, it's, it's been pretty much a learning process. And as it went on, I was kind of like, you know, taking a lot of the skills I had from my background, which is in illustration. Uh, and those, you know, these things all kind of tie together, you know, like the storytelling elements of illustration, sequential art. Uh, it's all the same thing. It's just different application. Um, so I guess it, it more comes down to like the storytelling 
elements of what I've been doing. So, you know, like the very first thing I actually did on my website was making, um, I guess a docu-series, we'll call it, mm-hmm. which was about uh, a little fighter you might have heard of him. I don't know, this guy named Chris Weidman. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I think yeah. you kind of heard of him. Maybe. I think he's from this area, around mm-hmm. here. Pa- you know? Yeah, possibly. Pretty, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe just a little bit. Yeah, like a right. Long Island boy. Mm. And, uh, you know, it worked out. I was basically there uh, filming the story of his MMA debut, his wow. pro debut, which wow. was the Ring of Combat. And so that was kind of like the way I, I basically, the reason I wanted to do that because I wanted to teach myself how to edit. Mm. And so I figured the best way to do it is give myself a challenge and also give myself some really original content. I didn't know Chris Leibman would become UFC middleweight champion, but this kind of worked out really great. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just kind of wanted to make more content like that. And so things kind of just kept expanding and growing. I was doing more interviews, uh, making more short form content. I've done all sorts of things backstage and places and just tried to make, you know, more stories. Uh, and so, I guess kind of fast forward a little bit to this really long rambly answer. Um, <laughs> no, 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 I was ahead. able to start working for uh, a company that was doing a show called MMA Uncensored Live on Spike TV. Oh, okay. Uh, and so, and so that's how I kind of jumped into a little more of the real production end of things and seeing more how things get done behind the scenes. Um, and after that, I went to a different company where they were kind of looking for some ideas. And um, I basically, I actually pitched Girl Fight to them as like a reality series. Mm. And they, I basically got like a sentence out. I don't even think I, I told them the name of the gym or even the gimmick that I was trying to push. And they were just like, you know, get back to work, do what you're doing. Um, and so that's when I was like, well, you know, let me see if I can actually do this on my own. I've got a lot of experience making stuff for the web. I've worked for other people now. Let me see if I can do this on my own, do it for real. Uh, and so it's been kind of just an organic process for me of taking, like I said, these elements of storytelling from other parts of my life and bring it into now something behind the lens. So I think that's the best long-winded way for me to put it. <sighs> well, that's pretty cool. I mean, just, you know, mentioning that, it's funny you say that when I – you know, when I spoke to Red about your work, I said, you know, after watching this documentary, I was like, you know, I really felt like I was watching a series. I was like, you know, this kind of felt along the lines when I used to watch the the Ultimate Fighter. It wasn't nowhere near it, but I was like, I was getting to know them in a, an hour and a half. And I was like, you know, this is he, he he portrayed it really well. And I like what you said about the illustration of your work, because one thing that I noticed and I noticed it very quickly was that when, you know, the characters in the documentary, they 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 reside in Seaside Heights. I, I, I noticed that, you know, because I used to watch. Unfortunately, I'm going to I'm guilty. I used to watch the Jersey Shore show. I am as well. Yeah. I, I you can know, raise my and hand. I, I can attest to I that. can I, I'm like watching this and I'm like. Wait a minute. You know the, the 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 stereotype of the folks that come from that area are definitely not you know Muay Thai orientated. And I said, you know, this is actually it caught me right there, right there. It grabbed me, and I was just like, all right, let's see what this is all about. And did you did you come to come across where Muay Thai in that part of New Jersey did that connect at all with you, or did that drive you more to to follow through with this project? I mean, when I first pitched it, I was actually thinking like trashy reality show, Jersey Shore type thing. Because you know, again, it's, <laughs> and this is like this is the whole process too for the film is you know, again, I came in there working on reality shows, um, and I just had to say, this would be great. It's a Jersey Shore. It's a bunch of women. They're fighting. It's going to be catty and everybody pulling hair and causing nonsense fights <laughs> with each other. And then I got there and I was like, no, this is completely wrong. Like my way of thinking of this was completely the opposite. Uh, and, and so now it became like, you know, I, I first realized this is not a reality show because reality shows are fake. This is a real gym of supportive women who are helping each other out. And like, this is great. Like, I want to be in this kind of a place, you know? So um, <laughs> the Jersey Shore was just kind of the initial attraction. And then when I saw what was going on, I was like, this is the real Jersey Shore. And that's one of the lines uh, I think Prairie actually says at one point. It's like, this is the real Jersey Shore. 
And it means a lot more than just, you know, looking out to the nice landscapes. It means Jersey Shore isn't the stereotype that it's played off to be in this case. Mm-hmm. And it speaks for the movie as a whole, too, because, again, here's these women who are really breaking the stereotypes of Definitely. what you think for Jersey Shore people, what you think a fighter is, of what you think of, just in general, of what you think of women in sports uh, doing this kind of thing. And that's what the Girl Fight Gym is all about. I think that's what kind of the movie uh, translates into, um, just breaking stereotypes and making you think differently about something. The one thing that I saw that uh, I, it, it grew on, on me when I watched it, it grew on me organically, was... You know, you present this 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 scenario with these women in, in in combat sports, but then the underlining story was, as Keith mentioned, was the environment. You know, the seaside, and the next story that came up behind it was, you know, their their devastation with you know the 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 the, the elements. You know, they they had disastrous with 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 their their Hurricane city Katrina, and their man. town and stuff. And um, did you feel as though that 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 became a part? of the documentary while doing it or did that just like or did you want to implement that or is that something that came naturally while filming uh, you know when you make a documentary a lot of things happen as as you do things um, you might come in with an idea that you think is going to be what the story is going to be and in the end you get something that's 300 times different than that and that's kind of what happened uh, like one of the first things we shot was actually Prairie kind of giving us this tour of what was left of the boardwalk uh, after Hurricane Sandy she lives in Seaside Heights and uh, you know you guys might remember the scene where she's like running on a road she basically is able to run from her house to like Seaside Heights in a few minutes. That's how close she is to the boardwalk. Wow. Uh, sorry, not Seaside Heights, but you know, from her house to the boardwalk. So she's incredibly close to that area. Um, and it just kind of started to make sense um, that this can kind of mirror what's going on with the characters in the film. Um, again, it was just a natural process of things that happened. You know, like when we first start, we see the shore. It's kind of a, it's a mess. It's a few months out of Hurricane Sandy. It's a lot of work has to be done, but it's going to get better. It's going to work on it. And then, the next time we see it, another horrible devastation happened to the boardwalk. And it's, again, it's kind of mirroring what's just happened to these ladies who've had this horrible, catastrophic setback. And now the question is, what do you do after these kind of setbacks happen? Right. Um, so ultimately, it did just become its own character, and I really wanted to highlight it to reinforce, again, what's going on emotionally with these ladies and give, give viewers an alternate perspective into the same thing. Um, just reinforcing, you know, like these horrible things that happen and what really matters is what you do after they happen. Oh, steep, Matt. One thing I I, I want to just say again, I, I like how your work tells a story. And I like how it kept me, it just kept me wondering what's happening next. And along with the story being as, as, as you know, new to me as, as, you know, MMA for women or Muay Thai for women, I was wondering, I was like, you know, this guy has a good knack for, for a good story. Can you see yourself finding something else in, outside of MMA, outside of combat sports, like within another sport? Is that something that you may see yourself doing down the road along the line? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I don't want to be the MMA guy for the rest of my life. I mean, that's part of one of the reasons why I just kind of shut down my website recently. I've been I've been working in that field just because I'm, I'm in the field for so long. I'm, I know a lot of people. I know how to get things done within it. Uh, and it's being in, and specifically as a professional in MMA doing photography or writing for our website or working in TV now is that uh, it's been a great gateway to me uh, and it's been kind of what I've hoped would happen uh, and so I'm at the point now where I definitely want to move beyond just fight sports because that's not even an inch of who I am um, so like for example right now I mean if, if you want to jump into it I can tell you about my next project we can say it for definitely. later definitely spoiler alert I mean I'm, I'm yeah spoiler alert uh, so <laughs> I'm already basically wrapping production now on another documentary I've been doing since uh, September 2015. 
So I didn't wait too long after I got Girl Fight Out to start the next one. <laughs> wow. So this one, it's uh, hoping to wrap by the end of the summer now. Okay. Uh, right. It's Definitely. actually a story about my great uncle, uh, who is a painter by the name of Hank Fergona. Really? And uh, he's, he's 87 years old, and at 87, he commutes still on what is essentially a two-hour commute for him at his age, from his house in Queens to Manhattan to his studio in Union Square, where five to six days a week he comes in to make artwork. Wow. That's beautiful. At 86? Wow, that's amazing. Or 87, actually. Oh, yeah, when we started filming, yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's crazy. But um, he's going to turn 88 this year, which is insane to think about. And he's still doing it. He just signed, you know, another lease to keep going. <laughs> it's, it's nuts. So, um, you know, I've been filming him and his story, which is, again, the more universal story. Like, Girl Fight has the big message. Uh, that's the universal message. The story here is kind of, you know, what keeps driving a person at this age and with his declining health to continue coming in mm. five to six days a week to keep making art. What, what does this push? And the story, again, is like, I feel like I'm meeting guys at the interview for this movie a year early. But, uh, you know, it's kind of like, what pushes this guy who's not at this point in his career, you know, he's still kind of incredibly obscure despite doing so much work. Uh, he doesn't make much money off of his artwork. Uh, he basically makes enough just to keep paying for that studio, and that's all that matters to him. Wow. Um, yeah, so it's, you know, th- this is that kind of story now. So that's, that's where I'm going next. It's a big leap, and that's what I want to make. Um, and even since Girl Fight, I actually had a documentary short uh, that was in a contest, and, and we won, actually, for a bunch of things. Uh, it was a documentary challenge contest where I had five days, and I was given a random topic, and I had to run with it and make a movie out of it that was like four to six minutes long. Mm. Uh, and so I got this topic, you're never going to believe this, but. <laughs> and it had, it had to be a biography or a music movie, like something about music. Okay. Um, and so through a friend of a friend, I managed to meet someone that was incredibly interesting, and very unique. And again, this is now totally far off of the fire world, but my subject was a 280-pound, 6'3", male ballet dancer and burlesque dancer. Well, how about okay, that? Okay, now, well, you know what? Now it got now, interesting. Now you're ringing my bell. All right. <laughs> yeah. Now, now how was that? How was that? Up my tree. So, yeah, I mean, it was just something that's very, very out of left field. If, if you know, for, someone who, for people who have seen my work before, they think I'm all about the fight stuff. But no, I'm, I'm very much about other things as well and I want to showcase that now so uh, you know that move that short did really well it's on um, audienceawards.com I believe you can watch it there it's called On Point um, and that won Best Biographical Film it won the People's Choice Award for it it's been really awesome um, and so yeah like, these are more of the things I want to tell like at the, at the end of the day I just want to tell interesting good stories and if it's about fighters that's cool if it's about artists if it's about dancers it's all good I mean at the end of the day I just want to tell someone's story and find a way to, to relate it to people who don't necessarily feel like they're part of this world. Because, you know, again, like for people who watch, who are, just people who are into fighting, they're going to like this movie, but for people who aren't into fighting and they watch Girl Fight, Muay Thai Story, they're going to get something much deeper out of it. And that's really what I want to get. TRS is here talking to Matthew Ka- uh, Kaplowitz. Yeah, I'm, I just, I just want to let you know, I'm the resident uh, uh, performer here who destroys people's names, but I hope I got that one correct. Um, that was very good, yes. <laughs> thank you. Um, before, you know, I know you're busy, man. Before we let you go, there's just a few things I want to run down with you. Um, when we go back to Girl Fight, there was uh, it, 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 for people who are going to, you know, who, who are going to sit and watch it and, and really really take heed of what the, the, the whole storytelling is. It's not your typical uh, success, fly by night, everybody, everybody, you know, gets, gets, gets the uh, comeuppance very quickly. It's a very painstakingly hard 
telling story that you you told. You know, a lot of you know, especially with Prairie, we saw we saw her 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 struggles in the ring, uh, staying focused, and as well as trying to keep the the, the other women in, in in the dojo and such together. Was it something for you to really emphasize that you know it's not always you know peaches and cream when we when we're going through this because many 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 stories always have the uh, the comeuppance that everything is is, is greener. It, it, was that something for you to like shine light on when you were doing it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've watched you know <laughs> being a fan of, of the MMA world and the fight world in general for years. I mean, I first became a fan like '99, I think, um, and. Like, I've seen so many documentaries, and they're all kind of the same, typically. It's, it's like they train, maybe we spend a little bit of time in their house, then they go to a fight, and they probably win. Uh, and that's kind of dull. And, uh, you know, again, I've been working in, in, like, TV now for a while, and I've been doing a lot of these fight shows, and they're all, they can often be a little formulaic, and I don't want to do that. I want to make something different whenever I work in these shows. Uh, and especially with my own stuff, I want to give stories that are different. And, uh, you know, this is not a story that's easy to tell. It's not necessarily easy to watch. Uh, you know, when I first started filming it, I just thought I'd be in and out of there. I actually didn't think I'd be there for 18 months filming this whole story. I just wow. thought, I'll be there. I'll be there for the first fight. Prairie will win. I'll be happy. I can go home. And that's not what happened. <laughs> <laughs> and again, like, that's what I meant. Like, this, this was a process that really evolved on its own. I learned a lot out of doing it, uh, but not just about making the movie, but just in general, just about life and about what these women do. And yeah, it was, it was it's a crazy, crazy thing to think about now. But yeah. Um, so absolutely, I mean, I wanted to tell something that was different and it worked out that way for best, I'd, I'd say, because I think now there's a new message in this. There's something now that's much deeper that people can get out of this. Uh, I think it worked out pretty well. I mean, hopefully you guys agree. Many of us who are in the creative field, because, you know, you, 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 you're a documentarian, uh, we here at podcasting, uh, you know, we already know the struggles of, of trying to make ends meet with our craft. You know, at the end of the day, we do it for the love, but we also we want to get paid for it one day or another. Are you, are you, are you balancing the same thing? Do you have like a, do you have a, a side gig yourself, you know, besides doing this? Uh, I mean, let's well, both a lot of freelance work. So, um, you know, like for example, when I was actually filming girl fight, I was still working at a company at the same time. Right. Uh, and now that I'm not, now that I'm not there, I can say this, but I took days off just to go film. <laughs> wow. How about that? I've like, done yeah, that. I've done get... that for my podcasting. Believe me, I understand. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you know what I mean. So yeah, like there was a few days where I was like, "Oh, I'm sick. I can't come in. I'll work from home." And I was not home. I was in New Jersey filming. Um, so yeah, at the time I was, I was, and I still am doing uh, freelance work with a few different production companies, uh, mostly for Spike TV to do stuff with Bellator MMA. Um, like right now, I'm actually working on something for their New York City event coming up soon. All right. Um, and yeah, I mean, in between, I've, I've edited for other people for the websites. I. It's it's a freelance hustle. I mean, you guys probably are, are familiar with it. Yeah, um, that's kind of the life of a freelance editor and producer mm-hmm. and whatever the heck else I'm doing. Um, so yeah, I, I would love to have a steady place to be at home and doing stuff and making some nice steady cash. But on the other side, it's like right now I do have freedom, and that's kind of cool too. And it's cool that you say that because with you saying that, it also ties into pretty much the correlation with your uncle. You know, he can't stop what you love doing, man. He can't stop what you love doing, and it's a great thing for that. But before we let you go, I, I have a premise. It just it just came to me while 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 we were sitting here talking. Now, since you're a documentarian, right? I think your next project should be about the world of podcasting, right? And you could start off. With, listen to this. There's could, two individuals. I think there's you could start two off individuals with. that you Same. could probably you could probably start off with. And uh, I'm. 
I don't think he will have to call out of work for that neither. No, he wouldn't have to because right? we're local. I think yeah. he'll be I able mean, to... uh, these two are local. We're, right. we're they're local, so maybe you could, save them the hassle. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you could you could work work with a certain two individuals, TRSS, and maybe you <coughs> could, uh, you could use us as a. Um, you know, just you know, just 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 a start. You know, if you want to do some sides here and there with us, we, we, that, that's, yeah, that's a yeah, I think, for you. <laughs> I think I feel you. I think I feel you're coming from, and I, I would definitely appreciate your help. I think this would be a great movie to do about Jimbo Slice and Rich Butler about the Variant Issue podcast. That's a brilliant idea. I love it. Um, yeah, um, we we might want to work on the individuals, but that, I'll, I'll talk to you on the side. I mean, about they, that. they've got they've got great stories. They're oh, amazing. Fan, I mean, oh I, yeah, they're great. Yeah, um, uh, but you know, I, I think there may be two other individuals who may be photogenic. You know what? We might have to just what it is is when he enters this building, we have to make him wear a championship belt. Yeah, have to that's put a what belt it is. On. Yeah, we have to put the belt on. <laughs> but Matthew, once again, I want to thank you for being a part. Please let us know when you uh, when you when you Absolutely. when you're done with the. Uh, with the story of your uncle, uh, our resident artist who has his yes. own podcast himself, Josie's yes. boy, call me when it's over. I know he'll be very intrigued about that. He's, he's into we. the R wheel, and we are we. Uh, once again, Matthew. Please let everybody know where they can get you at, so uh, you know they, they can reach out and see Girl Fight as well as everything else you got going on. All right. Well, if you guys uh, check out Amazon, and if you have Amazon Prime, you could actually watch Girl Fight, a Muay Thai story for free streaming on Amazon Prime. You just gotta look up the name of the movie, and I've said it already three times. So I'm pretty sure you've remembered it by now. Um, so you guys can check it out on Amazon or Amazon Prime. Uh, it's also now on Fight TV, on the Fight TV app. So if you have that app, you can rent it there as well. Uh, and if you guys want to keep up with myself and the next projects I'm working on, you can definitely uh, check out the Girl Fight and Muay Thai Story Facebook page or uh, my production company page, which is Burning Hammer Productions. That's also on Facebook. Um, and that's the best way to follow what we're doing and we're going to be promoting Girl Fight. There's going to be definitely other stuff down the line. Like I said, we're working on one thing about my uncle now. It should be done soon. There's a bunch of other things that's happening down the pipeline. And, uh, yeah, I just want to thank you guys from TRSS for having me on. I, I appreciate it. I'm glad you guys liked the movie. Thank you for your time, Matthew. Thank you for your time. It was our pleasure, man. Matthew Koplowitz, thank you once again for being a part of TRSS. And good luck to you and your future projects, sir, as well as Girl Fight. All right, thank you. All right, guys, when we come back, more to come. Keith has a lot in store. This man is out here turning it up, doing it. And you're getting your interview Mock swag on. draft, three out of three. We are days away from the big day. It's like prom, baby. Let's do it. By the time we air this, um, either Keith will be... Uh, Crying, sad, cutting his wrist, all that good stuff. Or looking as the pro as he plays on social media. So... <laughs> <laughs> no man I'll tell you this stuff is hard man if I get any of that's this I'll be happy that's what she said <laughs> when we come back we have Keith's acquired taste that's what he is make sure you check us out on social media outlet on Facebook at the regular Seeking Sportscast likes and group page as well as on Instagram at regular season sports check us out on Twitter at RWJSanti as well as on YouTube at the regular season sports hey oh like our uh, like my 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 Facebook page, Jay Santi. And um, check us out. Maddie and I do a uh, Facebook Live of uh, uh, We Didn't Buy a Ticket for This. It's basically an independent wrestling show critique. We've been getting a lot of viewers. So, uh, yeah, check us out there as well. And it's it's fun. It's fun for you guys. When we come back, Keith's and the entire taste. Stick around, ladies and gentlemen. This is Bill Carr from Team Tremendous. You are listening to TRSS. All right, everybody. We're coming back with Keith's Acquired Taste. Yo, yo. As always, it's the the thoughts, the mindset, the opinions of Keith himself. 
sitting in. This is his, his floor, and I was I was actually very interested in what happened to him this past week. He he um he had a, almost a, a religious experience this this past week in the world of football in soccer. Uh, I saw Jesus <laughs> in a in a literal and spiritual sense. Absolutely. So as always, uh, I will give the floor to Keith himself so he can go on, and I'll just chime in when necessary. All right, guys. So hear me out. So I know most of you guys may not, you know, be fans of soccer. I'm pretty sure half of you guys out there are what I used to be about maybe about four years ago. This shit sucks. This is so boring. This is not talent. This is not really a sport. Blase, blazu. I don't understand it. La, 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 la. And you know what? I'm not knocking you. That used to be me. That absolutely used to be me. Hell, I used to be like, if you can't use your hands in anything, then it shouldn't be a sport. That's how ignorant I was. So I can say I think I grew up a little bit from that point, Red, you know, more or less. Right. So uh, I'm still in that phase. I'm I feel still, you. No, I feel you. Hey, hey, I will not knock anybody because I was there. I can honestly say and tell you, listen, that is something that a true American, because at the end of the day, you call yourself Puerto Rican, you call yourself black, you call yourself Dominican, anything you want to call yourself, you are American. At the end of the day, you were born here, you are American. Whoever is American. the American, whoever is the leader of the free world, it does not matter. You were born here, you are American. And one thing for Americans don't understand, as we touched on this on our soccer special, is that soccer is just an amazing, an amazing, amazing, complex just just entity of this world of sports that we have and it's just like when you see the one and it wasn't even the biggest stage but whenever you have ohio state versus michigan the yankees Yankees versus versus Boston. boston um hell you got sometimes you it's it's you got even in the nfl when you had the seattle seahawks with the 49ers you got uh anytime you got tom brady versus peyton manning when you have those Rangers type, versus yeah Washington yeah Capitals. you know what i'm saying i guess you want to say conor mcgregor mayweather even though we i don't even, seen it yet. yeah i'll never you know when you got those rivalries you know triple h versus the rock stuff like that you know what i'm saying that's a big deal. And what I saw this weekend, and I've seen El Clasico before. I've, I've, I've witnessed it before. It's always what's a good a, game. What's El Clasico? Like, what's, what's, what, what's the basic sense? Well, of I, I honestly, to be quite honest with you. Is it like a bold game in, in college football? Is it no, no, no. It's, it's, all right, put it like this. It's just like if Ohio State and Michigan were playing, it's called the game. Like, that okay, is the okay, game. Okay. So, right. since it's been a rivalry that's been going on for years, I mean years, it's called El Clasico because everybody sits down and watches this game. Okay. So that's all it is. And they may face in a final. They may face off in a cup final. But it rarely happens. So that's why whenever they play in the league, they play each other once at each other's respective home pitches, which is their home field. And they watch El Clasico. So there's always at least two El Clasicos during out through, I mean, excuse me, throughout the soccer season in La Liga, which is the Spain League. So what happened this weekend was the second leg of El Clasico, mm. and it took place in Real Madrid's home stadium in Madrid, and um, we saw possibly one of the greatest soccer games. I Honestly, that was the greatest soccer game I've ever seen, and I've seen a few championship games. I've seen a few cup games. Hell, I even seen my favorite game up to date was if if you're a real big soccer fan out there, the Dortmund Liverpool game a few years back in the Europa League with Jurgen Klopp facing his old team again. That to me was an instant classic. But this one topped it because it was El Clasico, 
And the funny thing is, this is the game that we spoke about a few weeks ago that Neymar actually got suspended. But right, check right, this right, out. Right. Check this out, Red. They put in um, for to, to lift the ban just for this game because they're Barcelona. They appealed the suspension, literally, leading up to this game. So what they did was they let him play a few games in the season and they let the time and the weeks lead up to a classical come so that then they could put the appeal so that if it was to get passed, that this would be the first game that he can play under the appeal process. That's the type of sneaky shit they do in a classical. Hell no, it didn't work. <laughs> Hell no. They didn't want to see Neymar on that pitch. So Neymar had to serve his suspension. He could not be there and he could not help his team. And that proved costly in many ways because Barcelona, they got out to a 1 0 lead. And let me tell you, Real Madrid is leading La Liga right now, and Barcelona is chasing them, and they needed this W. And the minute that Real Madrid equalized, it took a lot out of all those Barcelona fans out there. And then Real Real Madrid, they take a lead out of nowhere. Barcelona equalizes, and we're looking at a draw. We're looking at a 1-1 draw, and a draw basically means that nobody loses or nobody gains ground. And with about a handful of games left, in this league in particular, Real Madrid normally does not lose to any mid-tier or lower-tier teams in this league. Neither does Barcelona. So you can basically guarantee both of these teams are going to win out. They're not playing anybody special. Mm. So the winner of this game wins the league. You could basically say that. Barcelona needed three points. When you win, you get three points. When you tie, you get one. Just for those out there who don't know, it was at the 90th minute. The best defender for Real Madrid at the time, Sergio Ramos, he goes in for a slide tackle. And for all those basketball fans out there who were fans during the 90s and knew that if you sneezed next to Michael Jordan, it was a technical foul. (laughs) That's probably the best... The best correlation you can make. Absolutely, (laughs) because if you do anything to Lionel Messi, it is an instant foul, an instant violation, an instant card, or instant ejection. And when I tell you, you watch the replay of the biggest gaffe I've ever seen any referee do. Sergio Ramos goes in for a slide tackle to take the ball away from Lionel Messi, who you never want him with the ball. He does not lay a finger, a piece of skin, a hair, part of his gel, none of his jersey, not even his cell phone would have touched him if he had it on a clip on his hip. <laughs> Nothing touched Messi. And you know what happened? He got ejected. Yeah, those guys. For even know. getting close to Messi cuz you can't get close to that nigga. So wait, so wait. So did he already have a car cuz I know they have a, a yellow No, car. that's the thing. So they gave him a red car. Straight red. Car. Straight red. Get out. Wow. In the most in the biggest time of the game. And then of course, so then you're down 10 men versus Barcelona's 11. So Real Madrid, hey, you know, whatever. Let's just play defense. Let's just everybody play back. Let's not concede a goal. Guess what happens? Barcelona gets that possession with a minute left. And I've never seen a buzzer beater in soccer. And I think that's why I feel so giddy about talking about this. This was a buzzer beater in soccer in El Clasico. And it was done by Lionel Messi in the 92nd minute. The last minute of extra time, it was a buzzer beater. It was a moment of greatness. It was a LeBron James moment. It was a Michael Jordan moment. It was a Kobe moment. It was a Derek Jeter moment. And the the, the best part about it, it was no, I don't know who that is. It was a. (laughs) I personally don't know who that is. So the best part about it was after he scored. You know when you do something, you you do it by accident or you do it with intent. He had to been thinking about this months, maybe. Had to been. 
the minute that goal, that ball went into that net and that goal was scored, Messi immediately, immediately, the savage. And I, I don't expect him to do this. I expect Ronaldo to do this because Ronaldo is a savage. Ronaldo will see your woman and tell her, you know, she's a ugly, but I'll still take you because I'm Ronaldo type guy. Like, he'll do that. Messi's not like that. Messi's real chill. Messi don't, uh, he's not with that. The minute that ball went into that net, Messi said, I'm taking off my jersey, and he did instantly, and he ran. He ran directly to the Madrid supporters in front of them. He took off his shirt, he turned it around, and he said his name, and he pointed, yeah, I'm the king of the world. And to do that on the biggest stage of soccer, you got to have the biggest, the, the cojones on the that dude. soccer balls. Oh, my God, the disrespect. And then they're not going to see each other for another year. They're not going to see like the lasting effect. Like, I just ended y'all. And if we come back and we win the league, it's because of me. And y'all not going to do nothing about it because y'all have a whole year to taste what I did to you in your face. Like, I didn't like Messi before that. But I kind of like the savageness of that because I'm, <laughs> I'm an absolute asshole. And I love that. I absolutely, it drew me, man. I was like, I actually screamed his name. <laughs> I, I screamed his name. I, I, I couldn't believe what I saw. And a friend of mine literally he almost had a heart attack watching that thing. That poor kid, man. That poor kid. He loves uh, Real Madrid. And just to see Barcelona do what they did, I mean, it's unbelievable, man. It, it was a lot like that Ohio State-Michigan game. It really reminded me of that. Yeah. It really hit home. And I know how you no, felt no, about that please, game. Please, I don't even want to even I, it was it was It was such a good I game. I to this day like, wonder where referees whiff. But you know what's funny, Red? You know what's funny how everybody sits down and, and waits oh. for Ohio State-Michigan? That, right. That's what they did there. And yeah. it was unbelievable. It, you know, I, I I know it's hard for a lot of you folks. Had, it's funny because you had homework to do. You had homework that I week. did my homework. I don't give a shit what you say. You caught up to it afterwards. <laughs> and, I actually, and I actually had to hold off. You didn't even have to tell me. I had to hold off because I knew how important what was, that, that, that game was and that night Yo, was. Man. And I was like, you know what? But I did you my homework, you though. Didn't, you didn't have to tell me. Classic like, you know Keith what? to do his homework in I, the bathroom before period starts. <laughs> <laughs> he's taking and, a shit, and he's writing room. the math equations in the bathroom. In Classic Eve. If you didn't know that about me, now you know. That's how I got all my homework. I had done. already, I had already put it in. I put the request, and I said, "Listen, um, can I reschedule?" Uh, oh, you I, rescheduled because of me? Yes, I knew already. Oh, damn, bro. I knew, I, I knew but it's okay. Though. I didn't know that. I, but, Breaking I knew, news: TRSS Live. I knew how important it was, and I was like, you know what? That's okay. Because in my mindset, I was like, all right, I done did what I, I did my homework. Well, the funny, the funny, no, he did. The and funny you, thing and then is when that when I message you, you go. Oh, my God. I didn't even. <laughs> no, the thing was is that even before El Clasico in the morning, Arsenal played. And they actually played great. And they played in a cup semifinal. And I thought I, I never thought I would see, you know, everybody know. If you know me, you know, I'm probably the only Arsenal fan, you know, because there's not many of us out here. They're more in Manhattan area. But to find an Arsenal fan is pretty difficult, even though we have a humongous fan base around the world. But I, I, I. I I truly support my club. I love my club. They're not the greatest club in the world. I do understand that. But I love that about them. I love that they have to struggle. And I love that, unfortunately, all their struggles are self-inflicted. So the fact that what they did Sunday, they, they, they won a game. They won it in extra time. Our best player scored. He scored a, a winner in extra time. It wasn't a buzzer beater, but it was unbelievable. I caught it live on my phone. Right. If you want to catch me. If you ever want to follow me, Instagram, kicking it with Keith. That's literally my only social media. I'm sorry, guys. That's all I got. But I literally caught it live, and my reaction, I screamed like a little woman. It was unbelievable. And that's just the love I have for my club. And then you go in a few hours later, you got a Classico, and it was just – it was on an unbelievable day of soccer. 
and I loved it. And I have, I can't believe that a few years ago I used to make fun of this thing. And yeah, I, I'm just I, happy that I, I love listen, it. I was the same way with MMA and UFC. No, was, MMA, hey, man, I've always loved Yeah, I, I, was, I, I, I like that people like it more now than boxing. I was always sitting there back in the days, and I'd be like, man, there ain't nothing but grown-ass men. Ah, man, that shit is deep, bro. It's like, yeah, you watch wrestling. I said, that's different. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, when we come back, I talk to sports and shit. Keith will still be in the building. We got a lot, a lot of stuff coming down the pike. Still got uh, NBA playoffs as well as some NHL as well as MLBs in full swing. How the Mets doing? Uh, They're playing like shit right yeah. now. But, I don't even uh, want to talk about them. <laughs> but um, Save that for Matt. Got more coming down and more news, more stuff. Stick around. We'll be back, guys. Check you guys in a sec. This is your boy Isaiah Cassidy, one half of your House of Glory World Tag Team Champions and one half of your FTW World Tag Team Champions. You are now rocking with TRSS. Man, we talking sports and shit. Kicking off talking sports and shit, I got the NBA playoffs and kudos to those who have made it past to the next round. Shout out to the Boston Celtics who were down 0-2 against the Chicago Bulls and were able to bounce back on the shoulders of Isaiah Thomas and... Were able to, I mean, they they did something that people already counted them out. They thought it was already going to be done for, but nope, nope. They went on a four straight run and was able to knock the Chicago Bulls off. Also, you have the Washington Wizards who were able to capitalize on the Atlanta Hawks. Those two teams were in a heated rivalry. And um, let me see, John Wall is beast, man. I'm telling you, I always liked that kid. I really, really did, man. He's 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 a fun kid to watch. He's a uh, He's a talent, and I, I, I'm i hoping that he's going to be able to, if not in these playoffs, but in futures, they're able to put some pieces together for him so that the Wizards are able to uh, push forward and, and, and accomplish bigger, bigger things. Man, I like that team, the young, scrappy team. Also, uh, congratulations to the Cleveland Cavaliers. LeBron is in hype mode. That dude is man, listen, you're not going to get any complaints and arguments for me, man. Dude is monster. I'm just going to keep it like that. It's just, it's just real. You know, by the way, I did say that they were going to go 4-4-4-4, four, 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 but I don't see it happening now. But at least my, my, my assumption for the first part was already done, so they went four straight there. Also, the Toronto Raptors were able to uh, fight off a scrappy Milwaukee Bucks team. They advance to the next round as well. They'll be facing the Cavs in the second round. And, um, yeah, man, it, it's it's still got some series out there, uh, out there that still need to be finished off. But other than that, man, the playoffs are looking very well spot on, man. The, uh, the Rockets and the Spurs, two teams that everybody's been looking forward to see. Um, the Spurs had a real uh, – it, it, it was tough for them going up against the Grizzlies. You know, uh, Michael Conley, Zach Randolph, uh, Marcus Gasol and them guys, Vince Carter, they 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 stuck on, man. They tried, they tried. And um the 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 leadership and the experience of Kalai Leonard and the uh and, and the team gelled, man. Tony Parker came up late in the uh in the final game, he showed up. I was I was just saying to Josie's boy, I said, I haven't heard from him in a while, and sure enough, poop, he pops up. So uh uh shout out to those guys and uh they, man Golden, you know, I, I'm telling you, with bated breath, Golden State is waiting to see who's going to come out of that um, Jazz Clippers series. So, yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be one for 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 the ages as well. I'd like to see the Jazz pull this one out, but 
Uh, who knows? By the time of this airing, with me saying that, the Clippers will probably win. So, yeah. So, uh, I hope you guys are enjoying the playoffs because I pretty much I am. She wasn't ready. Speaking of basketball, uh, Larry, Larry Bird has stepped down as the um, Indiana Pacers look forward to possibly becoming the next New York Knicks, in my opinion. Honestly, they're about to lose way, way way too many uh, uh, components to that organization. And I don't see them making a big bounce back anytime soon. It's it's one of the things that Larry Bird has decided that, that this is his last hurrah as the president of the team. Uh, he did retain, he came, he, he was on the, he was a president for a few years. He left and then came back. Uh, I believe in 2014, and then um, you know the winning percentages went down. Man, they went uh, uh they they went from a uh, uh six and eighty uh sixty six eighty three winning percentage in his first seasons as the uh as the as the president. They had a two and one playoff record in the series, and then the last three seasons, uh, they went to five oh eight. And zero for two, so it's like, you know, these guys are there. They're they're not cutting the they're not cutting the mustard. And Larry Legend said, "Fuck this, I'm out of here." Yeah, it's fashion time. Also in basketball, seems as though Lavar Ball really just seems to put his foot in his mouth, and this time he might have put in it big. Uh, seems as though Nike's, Adidas, Under Armour, and other. Uh, Sneaker, shoe apparel, clothing apparels have given him the not here, bitch, when trying to assign his son Lonzo Ball to a deal. Uh, the terms is pretty much that LeVar Ball wanted the companies to basically take the big baller brand underneath their wing as well and use it as its own catalyst. Basically, it's just like saying, "Listen, I made a good. I, you know, I make a. I made up this new burger, right? And it's 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 known in my neighborhood, and probably known maybe in certain parts of the town. But you know, there's a buzz going around because uh, I have a, a pitch person who looks really, really good. She's fine. You know, she you can see her in local commercials and she's or local advertisement. She's eating on the burger. She said, "Damn, this meat is good," and it's like. You know, that kind of pitch. And McDonald's likes her because of her looks and wants to put her in commercials. But with that, I'm trying to say, hey, 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 you got to take my burger, too. And when you take my burger, you got to make sure that you put on the menu. It has to say uh, McDonald's, the big J Red Burger. Yeah, the J Red Burger. And with it comes with the J Red Fries and in, in, in the J Red Drink. That's that's what that's what you're gonna do. And McDonald's gonna say, fuck you. you nobody, get out of here. But that's what pretty much these, these sneakers company did. They liked the son, but they weren't really too keen on having the father's attachment with his big bowler brand part of it. Now, if I were him, I would probably look overseas to look at other shoe deals overseas, maybe like Stephon Marbury did. Or maybe take a lower brand, like you know, people were goofing and saying sketches, but Maybe like, you know, 
take a lower brand sneaker that not many may know, like spot belts or jocks or I'm talking about stuff that like uh, New Balances. Nah, not even New Balance because New Balance is still in it. Yeah, you know those kind of sneakers, and maybe maybe they will take your deal, and maybe it will probably elevate the brand. I I doubt it, but. Who knows if that's what you're looking forward to do, then maybe that's the outlet you want to go to. Um, yeah, he's really fucking it up for his kid. Ooh. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. So Peterson is um done off with um the Vikings and um he's now signed to the Saints. Everything seems to tie in with the draft. A lot of stuff was going on in the draft. He signs a two year deal with the with the Saints. I kind of feel bad because Mark Ingram was actually a good key component there. I don't know how that's going to work. I really liked Ingram in that backfield. But, um, yeah, so Adrian Peterson is now with the Vikings. And on the other side, Marshawn Lynch has signed with the Oakland Raiders. And I am... (laughs) As a matter of fact, make it... Make it bigger. I love it. I love it. I love it. Although people are like, oh, well, he's out of been out of the league for too long, and no, this it's okay. It's all right. We'll we'll find. They still have they still have Rashad back there. Um, I liked Rashad. I always did when he um when um when he backed up Latavius. I thought it was um. I, I I think that this could actually work out a little bit. I just think that the Raiders need to really like solidify their defense. But um oh, and shout out to the Giants, my my favorite team, who went and picked up a tight end during the draft. They really fucking needed it too. Oh God. But um, I know everybody was like, oh, they needed a front, they they needed a, an offensive lineman, and I'm like, no, they really needed someone for Eli to throw to. In, in in the short in the short routes because basically yeah that 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 really helps that's gonna help so um yeah I, I, Peterson to the Saints and uh, Marshawn Lynch signing with the with the Raiders it's it's you know it's and it's it's interesting it's very very interesting anybody looking for Ray Rice anybody no no okay fuck it uh this past week we saw the chopping block on uh said sports network espn a lot of people are not espn fans anymore yeah i for one am going to say that i it's lost its luster for me they're trying their damnness i think that uh it's 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 one of those things to where i don't know whether they need to ramp it up or something but i also think with the new up-and-coming sports networks like fs1 and I like uh, it, what what uh, NBC Sports. I'm I'm hoping that they can do more on that channel. They have Dan Patrick there, but I think they need to add a little bit more. They've been doing great coverages with the NHL. Uh, they, they have uh, uh, NASCAR there. They do a lot of golf as well. But I think they need to ramp it up a little bit and get a deal from um, uh, certain certain uh, other aspects of sports. Hell, maybe pick up a wrestling promotion. Who knows? Could could work. Dick Ebersole is over there, and he likes wrestling, so maybe he could throw a wrestling program over there, right? Maybe. But um, on the chopping block were uh, pretty much names that you guys will know, like Jay Crawford was given the axe, uh, Andy Katz, um, uh, uh, Reese Waters, uh, MLB was Jim Bowden, Dallas Braden. Uh, Raul Abanez, 
uh, Doug Glanville was given the axe as well for NBA. You had um, Houston Rockets reporter Calvin Watkins at NFL. You had Trent Dilfer, Ashley Fox, Ed Werder. At NHL, you had Joe McDonald, uh, Scott Burnside. College sports saw Brian, you know, guys like uh, Brian Bennett, uh, Max Olson. There was a lot of, uh, of you know, people who, who lost their jobs, man. And it's unfortunate because, you know, around this time this does occur in, in certain areas of business and, and, and entertainment. You know, they cut costs. But, you know, people are, are fucking assholes. First of all, we already know racism, racism is like, like on the surface, like really. Like we already knew it was there, but now it's really on the surface. You guys are actually calling for Mike and Janelle's freaking heads at uh, Sports Center Six. They just got there and they're actually they have good ratings. Really, like they have ratings. You're bringing in a minority demograph, and they're uh, and they're people are watching. They like it. Same thing to be said about people who are arguing about Stephen A. Smith. I'm not a big Stephen A. Smith ba- uh, fan, but they're saying because of his three point two, I believe it's two three point a, a year contract. That this is the reason why that uh, these these layoffs were happening. It's like, first of all, you can't knock a man for getting his money. Second of all, name somebody on Sports Center that you really know that you're gonna watch. I can wait. I can wait. You guys watch First Take. Y'all love y'all love complaining about him. That's why you fucking watch it. So let the man get his money. That makes so shit. I wish somebody would offer me money like that, and all of a sudden, like people start bitching about me. I'm like, shit, fuck yeah, I want that money too. Fuck out of here. But you know, you know, people always got a gripe, always got something to say, and, if, and of course, the two black people were the ones to get you know to get their heads shown, you know, because nobody said anything about uh, Dan Lebetard and his show, highly questionable. Nobody get nobody says about that getting the axe. Nobody said anything, and he's Spanish, and so I love his pops. Oh, it's Poppy. Oh, yeah. I'm here with my son and I'm doing his show and everything's good here. And I, I love that show. Uh, my man, uh, Beaumont is the guy too. Um, uh, uh, pardon the interruption. Nobody says anything about that shit. Uh, and there's, and it's funny because it was like one of the, like these are shows that were like the, the originators of shit. And now everybody's biting off of it. And you would think that ESPN would uh, like maybe change the format of it. No, no, no. Uh, around the horn, same shit. You know, people are biting off of that as well. And you know what? People still do it. But it's, you know, this is part of business. And you know what? These people are going to find jobs again. They'll bounce back. You know, a Trent Dilfer will get another job. He's at, He was really good as a uh, as an analyst and a correspondent there. So he'll be he'll be fine. You know, he'll be okay. Nobody's saying nothing about um, John Gruden, the money he's getting. Because you know he's getting paper for that shit, for that Monday Night Football shit. You know he is. So nobody's saying shit about that. But no. It's it's like I said, people always need something to fucking gripe about. Fucking assholes. Go ahead. Make my day. Uh like I said, it's 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 one of those days to where um when sports is getting all tied up, you get the NBA playoffs, you got the the draft, you have MLB you have uh, all in full swing. You have the NHL playoffs. This is like the time. This is like everything is popping off. Everything is getting getting rolling and going. And um, I got to tell you that I feel alive when I come and I see all these these 
fans coming up and, and having conversations and talking sports and everybody's like and, and they're all in a fever and the biggest ones now is major league baseball fans you guys are the funniest people out of everybody because you would think april was like the beginning of the world series for y'all honestly it's it's your team is up in the has the has the lead up in a division, and all of a sudden you fucking lose your mind. It's like wow, our team is the best, and it's like you do know that we're still in the first month of baseball. Like guys are still trying to get their groove. You know, you still got players and pitchers who still haven't gotten their full you know feet wet in the game, and everybody's all up in. Our, it's like oh my god, like you know. My Mets are in the hole right now. They were expected to be so big, and then like you know, they 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 dropped down to last place at the moment. I'm not worried. I'm okay. It's still early. Yankee fans the same way. Oh my God, the Yankees are in the lead. Who's the best team in New York? And it's like, all right, guy, chill out. We good. It's still April. I know you wear. I know you guys wear your 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 your, your Yankee pride on your vaginas. I mean, on your chest. I know. I get it. You know, but take it easy. Same thing with Washington fans. Everybody's losing their shit. And Washington national fans are like, oh, all right, we calm down. It's still early. I love I love MLB fans. Major League Baseball fans are fucking hilarious. They're the funniest ones. So passionate too. It's like you know, every little inc- uh, in- 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 uh, intimate moment <coughs> that they can get with with their teams, and they could like you know strategize and, and 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 analyze each moment and stuff like that i used to be like that when i was younger i used to always like know you know batting num like you know batting batting averages and you know on base percentages and slugging slugging percentage and uh you know what's the the pitcher's era versus a uh, certain batters i used to be real in depth with it like i was all i i have way too much shit going on in my life that i can't even fucking deal with that shit anymore really i i, I sit back now and i enjoy the game for what it is and i could say that I do analytical stuff when I have to do it for the show. But other than that, I'm just sitting here like really, really enjoying the ride. Like, honestly. And I think that's what has been lost in a few years with baseball. Everybody has, has had a gripe about baseball and what it was about and what it could what it could be. But, um, yeah, baseball has become uh, fun again. And I and I. And I have to say that because for years it just seemed like it was a dragging, dragging process. But now it looks like you know you get you get teams that you that are, are making you know returns into the forefront. Like you got the Chicago Cubs, you have uh, Boston being the Boston you the, the team you love to hate. Uh, you have uh, the, the the underground teams. You have, uh, for instance, you have uh Derek Jeter has now with with his with his partners have they've purchased the Miami Marlins and I think that's a real good look because for years that that team that organization when it came to uh finances and just organizational structure it was shit you know that 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 whole front that they had over there was really milking the city of Miami and really fucking basically holding that team hostage just to get what they want and it was finally that you know the investors started pulling and baseball started saying listen this can't happen and Jeter and his investors now come came together and now they're 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 part of that organization it's a beautiful beautiful look for over there for Miami and I'm hoping 
uh, I hope everything works out for them because for, for years they've been they've been um, they've been struggling. But you know, it, th- those are things that I I feel that helps the the culmination of of what baseball should be about and what what what's the growth of it. And like I said, you got you have the White Sox who I, I was a quiet fan of <coughs> growing up because I was a big I was a, I was a Frank Thomas fan. Um, uh, the Cleveland Indians, of course. Uh, Astros are showing signs of possibly uh, coming back again, like they were two years ago. Uh, you, of course, the Cardinals are always around. It's another team that people quietly hate. They really quietly hate them. And of course, that um, that NL West, <coughs> excuse me, that NLS is really, really a uh, a division to to watch because it's always a crapshoot over there. You never know what's going to come out on that side. So, ah. Uh, Baseball, man, it's it's one of those things to where if you were a fan before and lost interest in it, I think this may be a time for you guys to start making a return. Baseball should be on your radar again. And I think that um, this is probably the right time that if you have kids now that you can start bringing them into the games. I surely want a super producer, Sally, to just, you know, see the, see the game itself. I remember I took it to a few games and. Whenever I'm watching a game, she's there watching. She, you know, she knows Daddy's a Met fan. I know. Don't don't say anything. I get it. But yeah, you know, it's it's baseball is still America's you know America's game. I think because football actually, well, you could say that people like baseball. They don't love it as much as they used to, but they like it. They should love it though. But uh, it's it's a love hate thing. But I really think you guys should really start loving it again. It, it it's 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 Americana, if you want to you know, be all hokey about the shit, I guess. <laughs> oh my god! All right, guys, this finally will wrap up this episode of the regular season sportscast. Like I said, unfortunately, Keith could not stop by due to scheduling conflictions, but you know what? He'll be here definitely next week. Uh, next week we have tons and tons to talk about. Like I said, the mock draft and the finalization of the draft. Uh, we get to see where, where everybody fits in the cogs and where they're going. Uh, we also have uh, whatever's going on in the NBA playoffs. We've still got that going on. NHL playoffs as well. I didn't get to touch on it this much this week, but the NHL playoffs I'm really looking forward to. Fucking Ottawa Center is taking fucking advantage of our Rangers. Fucking Rangers lost today. Shit, man. We were up too. Damn. Whatever. I'm not going to cut my wrist yet. But, um, Make sure you check us out on social media outlets. Check us out on Facebook at the Regular Season Sportscast group and like page, as well as on Instagram at Regular Season Sports. Check us out on Twitter at RWJSanti, as well as on YouTube, Regular Season Sportscast. Check out RageWorks.net for everything that's correlated and connected with all things relative if in everything lifestyle. You got sports, you got movies, TV shows, you got current events, you got pop culture, you got comic books. All under one umbrella. You don't need to go anywhere. Rageworks.net. Make sure you bookmark us at trssportscast.com. Uh, excuse me, trsspodcast.com, TRSS as well as my other show, Turnbuckle Tabloid with Matt Fan Matt. TurnbuckleTabloid.com. You get that there as well. This week we had an interview with uh, Michael Kingston, the author of Headlot Comics, graphic novel. Those books are really, really cool. Make sure you check them out. Check them out as well. Check out their Kickstarter. They have a new series coming out soon. And in our episode this week, we had uh, we had Matthew Kaplowitz. I always will murder that Matthew Kaplowitz and his film Girl Fight. You can check it out at Fight 
at uh, Fight TV. So you can get uh, that as well as on Amazon Prime, Girl Fight. Nice. It's a really, really nice documentary. Very well told and very well executed. I love the filmography of that. So, all right, guys. I'm going to be out of here. <clears throat> when you start talking about your throat gets dry and you don't have any water and shit, it starts, <clears throat> it starts really getting rad. Um, guys, make sure you check us out. Every week, we're here. We're good to go. Marching on to episode 100 here on TRS. There's a lot coming on, a lot in store, a lot of surprises. And um, always remember, man, uh, I'm not best for business. I'm best for everybody. I am the king of talk style. Yeah, baby. You know you like the king of talk style. That's what you like. All right, y'all. Catch you guys on a rebound. Squash! Regular season sportscast. Sports Kills.